Hello and welcome to the Nashville Daily Podcast. I'm Stuart Deming. And I'm Aaron Pennington. Flooding, shootings, construction. How would Nashville roads rank on a scale of 1 to 10? Speaking of roads, will Nashville's current conditions lead us down the road to becoming a FIFA World Cup city? Plus, learn about Nashville's living history with the legend of the Bell Witch. We'll talk about all of this and more on Nashville Daily. I just got caught mid-sip. You did. Uh, happy Monday, Nashville. We've got a lot to get to, a lot of fall stuff to get to as well. Peep the new background. Uh, we are getting into the fall. Peep the flannel. Good choice. We didn't We didn't choose this. We, we didn't like match con- it. converse together and decide flannel was going to be the thing. But uh, we've got a lot to get to today. So let's get through our terrific Tennessee fairly quickly. Stuart, do you think you're going to get stumped today? I don't know. I'm feeling pretty good right now. Okay. I'm feeling pretty good. So. All right. I like it. All right. We'll, tell me we'll when to see. stop. Stop. Oh, we are getting close. We are in the uh, facts from 89 to 95. All right. All right. All right. There's 95 counties in the state of Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Okay. Man. This is going to be interesting. That would be great if there was, uh, there was 95 counties in the state of Tennessee for the fact number 95. I know. That would be good. But that is not that is not the case here. Um, man. Okay. This one's uh, – these are going to be tough. These all right. are going to be very tough. Um, all right. Director Quentin uh, – no, I'm not going to – Quentin Tarantino will do that at another time. The highest point in the state of Tennessee – is at 6,643 feet above sea level. Uh-huh. Um, and the lowest elevation is at 182 feet. Could you name any or either of those points? The highest point in the state of Tennessee is Leconte. That's not true. That is not true, according to Terrific Tennessee. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna Google that one because I'm I'm pretty positive that is. All right. So the highest point in the state is Klingman's Dome. At 6,643 feet above sea level, while the lowest elevation is the Mississippi River in Shelby County at 182 feet. All right. All right. Okay. Are you looking this up right now? I'm looking up the highest point. Clingman's Zone is, yes, but the highest mountain. Uh, that's not what, that was not the question. Okay. It's Clingman's Zone. Okay. There we go. They're close to each other. They're close to each other. There you go. Kind of high elevation area of Tennessee. Clingman's don't. I knew the Mississippi River was the lowest. I just didn't think about it because I was too worried about (laughs) Clingman's Dome. All right. Uh, A lot happening in Nashville. A lot happened over the weekend as well. It was like car accident after car accident after car accident. Like that's what like all the news felt like. And to think that we had FIFA officials in Nashville during a very bad traffic week here yeah. in town. Uh, and, and they, they made some unscheduled visits, visits to Broadway. We'll talk about that here in, uh, in, in just a minute. Uh, but let's talk about Nashville's roads right now. Uh, so 
uh, over the... Uh, this was last week. So last week. That's right. Um, according to News 4 Nashville, uh, Net- Metro Police were investigating shots that were fired into a car along I-24. This happened near James Robertson Parkway, uh, near the James Robertson Parkway exit along I-24 over the weekend. Uh, police said that a car was driving when suspects pulled up on their passenger side. They thought they were cursing at them, so they ignored it. I think that happens to everybody in Nashville. The yeah, car everyone's just, gonna everyone's curse just cursed at you. Yeah. Uh, but just seconds later, police said the suspects pulled around and shot at them, which is very similar Stuart, to what you were saying happened at, on Murfreesboro Road not too long ago. Yeah, so Murfreesboro Road was interesting. So it's right near the new police station, which was a very ballsy move. <laughs> it was. Yeah. And uh, it happened right underneath that, like, train bridge that's near that brand-new police station near the Lane Motor Museum. Yeah. There was a semi-truck in the left lane, and I don't know if he was intending on turning on, like, Fessler's or on uh, Polk Lane over there. And a car cut him off. The driver got out of the car, went up to the truck, and shot him, like, three times. And it hit him in, like, the midsection of his body. And uh, that happened, I think that was earlier last week or the week before. And so there's been a lot of, like, these incidents where shootings are happening just on the roadways in Nashville. Yeah. And And it's causing causing car accidents. It's it's causing problems. Another thing that has caused a lot of problems on the roads of... National streets flooding has been a major thing uh, over the past uh, several years. It, it's been a constant conversation on the Nashville roads, um, but not too many days ago. This was Saturday. Um, a, a couple was re- reminded of the floods uh, that washed away a lot in the area where they live in South Nashville, uh, and and we're just on kind of the six month anniversary of the South Nashville floods, um, which were just a a crazy fit of flash floods and the river levels down in South Nashville um, just rose insanely high, insanely quickly. And uh, we saw a little bit of flash flooding uh, over the weekend, and it reminded one couple of six months ago down there in that South South Nashville area. This is coming from Fox 17, and they were writing about this on Saturday. They said this morning uh, flash floods affected South Nashville and caused some high water levels to the area just as we approach the six-month anniversary of the deadly Nashville flash flooding. Flash floods on Saturday brought brought back memories for a South Nashville couple. The homeowner said they wanted to remain anonymous for this. They said we noticed the water uh, starting to rise pretty quickly and reminded us back of the flood in March. The couple said six months ago they woke up to their home completely surrounded by water. Uh, so th- they're just wondering, like, what is going to be done about this runoff and everything happening in South Nashville. So Metro Council member Bob Nash says worker, uh, workers Metro Stormwater have been working to clear creeks uh, where debris threatens Metro infrastructure. He goes on to say Metro Stormwater have been working to clear creeks where debris threatens Metro infrastructure. Area residents have also been working to clean out the creeks adjacent to the properties to help prevent blockages. Uh, and if you remember from that flash flood that happened six months ago or so, there was that uh, one factory down in South Nashville. It basically flooded, and everything in the factory was just all over the trees and everything. It was disgusting. Oh. It looked it looked awful. And so a lot of the, the bigger issues is the debris 
is causing the uh, the backups on Nolansville Pike and yeah. in these areas. But it also doesn't help when you have seven inches of rain in what, what it was like 12 hours that <laughs> when that happens in February. Right. Uh, and, and it does seem like from this article, we'll, we'll link it in the show notes, NashvilleDailyPodcast.com, so that you can uh, read into it a little bit further. But what it seems like right now is just enough work has been done so that if an incident or a rain happens like that again, Metro infrastructure will not be compromised, but it sounds like they're not so confident that residential infrastructure is 100% safe right now. It says pretty much that residents and uh, local volunteers and, and, and such and not the city have really been responsible for clearing out the areas that could be damaged uh, or, or could lead to damage for residential infrastructure. And so it, what it sounds like, there's still a lot of work to go before those areas are really cleared and ready to take on another rain like that. It makes me wonder if FIFA was in town when all these rainstorms were happening, but it looks like they were actually in town the last Thursday, the 16th, so right before all the rain started to happen in Nashville. I wonder if they stayed the week and they're like, oh, yeah, it's just raining here. But uh, according to News Channel 5, 22 FIFA officials spent the whole day in Nashville evaluating our prospects of being one of the hosts for the soccer's biggest event for the World Cup in 2026. Uh, so this would be the biggest event to be hosted in Nashville. Uh, Butch Spearden has been working on this bid and working on this with FIFA and Nashville for quite a long time, probably close to a decade if we're being realistic, maybe even longer. Uh, so what did FIFA do while they were here? What did these 22 officials do? So according to News Channel 5, they spent time at seven different athletic facilities that could be training centers for the teams. And they took a detailed look at Nissan stadium. Uh, so the, one of the guys from FIFA, uh, his name is, I believe I want to say Victor, uh, Monta, Mon, this is Monta, hard to, Monta Gliana, Monta Gliani. Um, he basically said, we're here to do our due diligence, not only for the stadium, but for all and everything in between. Um, so News Channel 5 said they were told FIFA came ready with detailed questions, everything from human rights protection and to how the toilets flushed at Nissan Stadium. Shoot, man. Do, do they flush this way or this way? I know. If they're on the other side of the world, you never know. Oh, They'll man. be mesmerized. Um, Nashville is the smallest team in the running, according to News Channel 5. But smallest city in the Smallest running. city. Uh, but FIFA leadership assured that... Uh, that uh, Nashville has a fighting chance. Ah. Uh, the FIFA representative said, I think Nashville has put its best foot forward, of course, showing everything it has and everything it can be. That's awesome. And the VP of FIFA can probably answer that, honestly, considering they made an unscheduled visit to Lower Broadway Wednesday night. So they said 20 of the 22 FIFA officials wandered down Broadway uh, unscheduled, Oh, man. Uh, they all got back safely, and they were up all this morning, all, all the next morning paying attention. And Butch Spearden said, I think it helped us. Uh, it showed uh, real Nashville in real time, and that's valuable. Uh, after leaving it all in the field, Butch Spearden hopes that we have at least one last uh, miracle left in us. Uh, Butch said, wish us luck. He said, with his fingers crossed, 
to News Channel 5. Uh, FIFA still has more cities to visit, and uh, they should have their list of selected host cities by the beginning of next year. Now, this is delayed Nashville. If it was not for uh, the coronavirus, this would have already been chosen. FIFA delayed their choosing of their city by about a year yeah. because of COVID. So uh, this is a delayed process. Normally, um, we would have already known if we were a host city or not. So it does put us, it puts everybody back a little bit because that's one year less to prepare if we do become a host city. Yeah. And there, there's a lot to prepare. There's, there may be roads that need to be changed. There's stadiums that need to be changed at seats too. Aaron, what are your thoughts or what is your prediction? Are we going to get it? I, I do think we have a chance. Um, now here's the one thing that I don't know as much is existing infrastructure between the cities. Uh, what city may have the better infrastructure? If, if, if most of it's based on infrastructure, I'd say our chances are probably close to 50%. Um, if it's based solely on that, and it may be just depending on how little time we actually have to develop something. Uh, and, and we most likely wouldn't be developing more and more, be putting up patches and things like that and, and, and improving existing infrastructures. Um, but some of those infrastructures, as, as far as where they visited, of course, it included Nissan Stadium, uh, viewing potential fan fest sites downtown. Uh, they looked, they took a look, a look at a few training facilities, including fields at Lipscomb University, Lipscomb Academy, Vanderbilt University, Trevecca University, the Nashville SC Stadium, Brentwood Academy, and Curry Ingram Academy. Um, Which but, that's a super. Have you been to Curry Ingram Academy? I've seen it from the outside. I've not been in. Uh, it's. Yeah, I was. I don't know why. I, was, I don't know why I was there, but I was there for like two two years ago, and I think we were some type of play or something. And dude, it is a nice facility. But here's the other thing: um, Nashville Stadium infrastructure, decent, decent. Yeah. Um, our city infrastructure, awful. Well, depends on <laughs> depends on what side of things you're looking at. Hotels, hotels were were there. Entertainment, the the infrastructure of hospitality, we are doing very well at. Mm -hmm. The infrastructure of actually implementing the things needed, we may not make the mark. I don't know. So we we've got a lot of things good going for us, but I don't know infrastructure wise as far as training facilities and uh, in in our current stadium situations how well uh, we may rank up. So it's a very interesting thing. What do you think? I think it's a very realistic possibility. We pulled off the largest NFL draft in NFL draft history. Yes. 630,000 people came and visited Nashville, and we were able to pull that off successfully. Uh, I think the locations that they looked at, looked at with Lipscomb University, Lipscomb Academy, Vanderbilt University, Trevecca, all of these areas are very reasonable to travel uh, Trevecca is very close to downtown Nashville. That's very true. Very Lipscomb, true. Lipscomb, like you can get from downtown to, from Lipscomb, uh, if with no traffic in twelve minutes. So it's it's a very likely Brentwood Academy. Uh, the furthest one's going to be the Curry Ingram Academy. So which yes. is down down towards Brentwood, anyways. Uh, but all of these logistically are better because sixty five is better than twenty four or the autobahn. Also, the back roads may be more beneficial than the interstates. So yeah. I think from a hospitality side of things, we have that covered. We can pull that off very, very easily. Yes. Uh, I think from an infrastructure side of things, we can as well. My biggest concern is 
the lack of like trains or public transportation yeah. for people to go to the different games. So if they have a game at Nissan, but then somebody wants to catch a game later in the day at the new Nashville Soccer Club Stadium, logistically that may be hard. But right. we we do have great transportation companies like Gray Line. Uh, they 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 handle these logistics so really well. Basically, Nashville would have to put an all-out show into special accommodations transportation-wise for that weekend. Oh, hands down. Or yeah. for the whole two weeks. Yeah. However long it is. Yeah. So hopefully something might be planned for that. I think that's a very good point. Uh, but if we can if we can pull that off, I think that would be fantastic. All right. Uh, let's talk about some local food. Stuart, where have you been recently here in Nashville? Yeah, I don't know which one to talk about. I think I'm going to talk about this one right here. I went to Shipley's. I've been going to Shipley's quite often the last month. Uh, it's a local donut place that's over on Lebanon Pike. They also have a Hendersonville location. I believe they have a Murfreesboro location. And uh, I had one of their breakfast croissant sandwiches. It had bacon, cheddar cheese on it. I believe it also had sausage on it. Oh, but nice. The, the thing that really stands out to me that about Shipley's, first off, their cost, they're the best cost donut in Nashville. Oh, you can get a donut for, for 89 sure. cents, which, you, like, you can't beat that. Like, that's even cheaper than that's, Dunkin' that's Donuts. better than Krispy Kreme. Oh, yeah. and uh, But their cake donuts are so good. They have a few different options for cakes donuts, and uh, one of them is a blueberry cake donut, a okay. strawberry cake donut, and then their red velvet cake donut. Red velvet's my favorite type of cake mm. Uh, but their red velvet uh, donut has like a light uh, uh, drizzle of uh, what is it glaze over it. Okay. With the the cake donut, it is so delicious, and it's only like eighty nine or ninety nine cents. So it's a cheap donut compared to other donut shops in Nashville. But the quality of the donut is fantastic. There you go. That is Shipley's Donuts, top donuts in Nashville. Look that up on YouTube or head to our YouTube channel XPLR Nash to learn about some of the other places in Nashville for your best donut experience. All right, let's head over to Explorers Nashville tip of the day. For Explorers Nashville tip of the day, it's a great day to watch a sunset. And the reason for that is because of all the storms over this last weekend, the sky may open up and it may be absolutely stunning. And one of the best places to watch a sunset in Middle Tennessee is the Natchez Trace Parkway on top of the Double Arch Bridge in Franklin, Tennessee. Now, the good news is you can park close by. So if the rain hits uh, or if you need to grab like an umbrella or anything from your car, you can park very close by. Uh, but this view behind us uh, is actually not too far away from the Natchez Trace Bridge. Once it gets to that fall time, it is a beautiful area. Um, but uh, catching a sunset, a sunrise, uh, or anything near the Natchez Tracer or on top of that bridge is absolutely incredible. And you know, it doesn't take too much time out of your day. Once you get there, you can park. It's less than a five minute walk onto the bridge. There's plenty of room to walk around there. So you don't have to worry too much about cars. Uh, and so plenty of people can fit on the bridge. It's an incredible experience to see the rolling hills of Tennessee from that view. Well, uh, I remember the last year when that sandstorm uh, was coming over the Atlantic That's right. Ocean. That's right. And everyone went to the Natchez Trace, and there was like five, it felt like 5,000 people, but it was probably more like 1,000 people on the bridge. 
It was insane. Like, that there the, was that's no. About to say, that's got to be the most people you've ever seen on. There the was no space to like move around on the bridge. It was <laughs> it was crazy. But this is a great time of the year to go. A lot of people are in school right now, so they don't go on the bridge like they would in the <laughs> You're summertime. Right. A lot of people are a lot of. It's like a lot of teenagers there. Yeah. Uh, and and so they'll be doing school stuff during this time. Yeah. And but once you're done or before you start, a great place to grab dinner is Loveless Cafe. If you want some of the best biscuits in Nashville. Or some really, really good barbecue. Loveless Cafe has you covered. And uh, it, it's just a few-minute drive away from uh, from the Natchez Trace Parkway or the bridge as you're coming back into town. Uh, so plan that out. Uh, go check out a sunset or sunrise. Uh, you can eat Loveless either way and head over to the Natchez Trace Double Arch Bridge out in Franklin, Tennessee. That is Explorers Nashville Tip of the Day. Today's episode of Nashville Daily is brought to you by Screen Threads. If you're looking for Nashville-themed merchandise, look no further. Our listeners can use the code Nashville Daily to get 10% off their next online order or in-person visit. You can find them inside of Marathon Village or head to ScreenThreads.com. All right, so it is time to get spooky. Spooky, scary skeleton. Um, we have a lot of stuff uh, coming up in October that we're going to do where we're going to tell some of the stories involved uh, with the the uh, kind of ghost stories and the legends behind the places that we are going to be talking about today. But uh, I believe it is important as the fall season is beginning for you guys to be aware of what's out there uh, so you can go ahead and start planning your fall visits. Uh, if you want to, if this is your first episode listening, well, welcome. Head, yeah, welcome. Head to nationaldailypodcast.com. Uh, check out the episodes for about the past week or so. Uh, we've talked extensively about fall events here in Middle Tennessee. It's a shame that really the first opening to fall events in Nashville and uh, Middle Tennessee was like the rain. <laughs> one of the rainiest weekends in the past few weeks. Oh, yeah, but it, we needed that <laughs> rain so bad. Uh, like I was looking at my yard before the rain. I'm like, wow. My yard's actually like, I don't think it's growing right now. And then after the rain, I'm like, oh, it's growing too much. So we definitely needed the rain. But one of the best ways to experience a, a haunting, and we don't know if they're fully open right now. We don't know the actual details because their website says they're still closed because of COVID-19. But we are not sure. But one of the best hauntings in America is in Adams, Tennessee. And this is the Bell Witch Cave. So today's really cool because... Everything that we are talking about has to do with the natural landscape of Tennessee, which is just absolutely incredible. All of these hauntings have to do with the, the uh, and these are the kind of the haunting events. You know, we're kind of specializing into where you can visit haunted sites here in Tennessee, take haunted tours, uh, and not like the, the uh, jump out and scary haunted tours like the real haunted tours. Um, and they all have to do with Tennessee's landscape. Uh, the first, like Stuart said, this is an interesting place. And, and like he said, we don't know if it's it's really open or not because this is a very interesting place. And it's been, uh, it, it is widely called one of the uh, truest American hauntings. Yeah. Uh, it is the most well-known uh, haunted area in Tennessee by far. People who grew up in this area, grew up in Tennessee, 
this is the one place that if you say uh, where are the hauntings in Tennessee or, or where can you find a haunted experience or haunted stories, it's here. This is the Bell Witch Caves in Adams, Tennessee. Uh, according to their website, no supernatural story in American history is more famous than that of the Bell Witch. Which I, w- I would say historically is true. Like yeah. with, with a bunch of the history episodes and stuff that we've done, I think the Bell Witch has come up in more conversations than any other topic we really have covered. From yeah. Andrew Jackson talking about the Bell Witch to random strangers that we've talked to, and they're like, hey, have you heard about the Bell Witch? Yes, we've heard about the Bell Witch. Have you heard about the Bell Witch? If not, you're about to hear about the Bell Witch. Uh, yeah, so uh, again, we're going to cover these stories head to toe later in October, kind of a, a, a series where we get to really unpack these stories. Uh, but today is about making you aware of these places. Uh, so just a little bit about that. The, the Bell Farm, is it's a secluded area in Adams, Tennessee, it's a very beautiful representation of the state of Tennessee with its rolling green hills and oh, yeah. farmland. It is. It's gorgeous. Uh, but the, the fact is this farm was built on top uh, and this area was built on top of some Native American burial grounds. Uh, the Bell Witch is, to, is believed to be a haunting of John Bell's family and it believes that uh, the area has, has been cursed and uh, one of the most well-known stories, like Stuart says, involves a lot of validity because Andrew Jackson himself claims to have seen the Bell Witch. He is quoted saying, Andrew Jackson, quoted saying, I had rather face the entire British Army than to spend another night with the Bell Witch after he and, and some of his troops spent a night at Bell's farm. That is wild. Yeah, that's Andrew Jackson, that's, guys. <laughs> <laughs> One of, like, the most badass men in American history. <laughs> He's like, I'd rather face the entire British Army. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's absolutely wild. So uh, uh, check it out for yourself. Do a little bit. Uh, right now, it's a little bit interesting uh, with uh, the, the the pandemic, they pretty much, not that this is a very open place before, um, they had very limited hours, kind of cash-only place, uh, but since COVID-19, it says on their website, and they've not updated their season hours to reflect 2021, uh, it still says 2019 on their website, but it says right as of now that uh, COVID-19 has pretty much closed it down for a little bit. So here's a small little, since since we can't be here right now, uh, because I would love to be at a place like this. Recording a podcast episode. Yeah. <laughs> and then we said that you see the witch behind that us. Would, that would scare the crap out of us. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, since we can't be here right now, here's a small little clip of some paranormal investigators who have been to this location. Oh, 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 oh. There, there. Look at that. It's white hot. That is white hot. Is somebody over here right now? It's gone. It was there for just a second and then gone. Oh, it's going red. Be careful, it's over near you. Dude, I'm getting a little dizzy, okay? Are you getting dizzy? Yeah, no, I'm seriously, I am. Is there a sentinel here? That's crazy. I've watched several that's investigations, and John Bell John is Bell a part of every single one here. of them. Yeah. Something feels weird right through here. Dude, I am 
freezing freaking cold it's right cold now. It's cold as over here. Dude, look at this. Yeah, I'm getting the chills. Usually hey, caves um, are what, 54 degrees? Yeah. And it's all around you. This whole area right through here, all around you is cold. It does feel really cold where you're at. There's something around us right now because it's Whoa. telling us right now. Can you make that light up all the way up? Nick, felt like I had a cold hand run right up my damn back. You feel like you just got touched? I gotta sit down. I'm, I am getting a little dizzy. Are you all right? Are you okay, buddy? Can you breathe? John, are you okay? You need to get out, man. We can, we can go out of the cave for a minute and come back in. Ain't no problem. I'm serious, guys. We gotta get out of here. I'm, get, I'm starting to feel Is sick. It, I'm getting lightheaded right now, too. The meters are going crazy. Are you doing this on purpose? What there is it goes that? again. You all right? Now the camera's going away. Big. I okay, feel like I'm gonna puke, man. Do you? I think we really pissed it off. We probably need to get out of here, fellas. Yeah. It's because you're probably a dog. Grab your crap and let's get out of here. Come on. Yeah, a, a dog is an interesting <laughs> choice. <laughs> well, I understand it, but <laughs> uh, I, I would say uh, go look up the Bellwitch Cave on on YouTube. I love the. This was from A and E. I love the Ghost Hunters. I believe the History Channel uh, uh, provides that of the episode. Incredible history associated with these shows and and what they uh, provide as as far as talking about this area and a lot of the legends. So. Uh, check that out on YouTube. But we are not done with natural hauntings here in Tennessee. Oh, there's actually like 40 or 50 of them. But I don't <laughs> know if we can fully get to them. We're not going to get to them all today. Yeah. Uh, so this next one is located about an hour away from Nashville. And this is near uh, the opposite way of the Bellwitch. Uh, yeah. So this is in <laughs> Silver Point, Tennessee. Uh, and it's off of Smithville Highway. And this is uh, the Haunted Canoe Trip. So this is uh, Canoe the Caney. This is on the, on the Caney Fork uh, River, which uh, if you've driven on I-40 going east, uh, you this is the drive river that, over it yeah, like 35 times this, in like five minutes. Yeah, this is the river that they decided to just build the interstate right on top of this. I don't think there's any way of avoiding the, the Caney uh, in this. So uh, they just built it. They said, we're just going to go in a straight line and, and uh, we're going to build a thousand bridges along the way. Uh, but this is something that uh, we have not done, but we've wanted to do for so many years. The uh, I, I believe I'm trying to remember the company. The company is called Canoe the Caney, and every fall they have a haunted canoe trip. Uh, and, and so this haunted attraction uh, allows you to uh, go down the Caney. And w what's really cool is this: there's a town apparently that was flooded. Uh, with lost graves and apparently it has ghostly encounters, unexplained voices, and eerie sounds. And oh, so you, sounds. you get to canoe down where uh, this old cemetery and flooded town uh, was once located. And uh, so not only that, you get to do a, a bus ride down to this area. Uh, then you get to canoe uh, down the Caney and uh, I, I can't remember. I remember looking this up a while ago, and uh, I believe it's kind of like a, 
um, a lantern type tour. Yeah, so I, I believe you're not holding onto lanterns while you're canoeing because you can't do both. <laughs> right, that would be. I very think hard the to do. lantern is like hooked up with like a hook on the yeah. canoe. And uh, the website goes on to say, nearing an old military recreation base, wow. you'll quiver at the stories of ghostly hauntings as you continue slowly down the dark path through the base leading to the water's edge. Once there, you'll be, you'll, you're brave enough, you'll board your canoe and paddle over the original location of the old 1800s sunken cemetery that is just a mere 15 feet below the water's surface. Oh, so you actually go over yeah. the cemetery. Yeah. So this That's is, crazy. They, they say this is where many believed lost graves still remain and those spirits trapped just beneath the dark waters of the cemetery cove. Um, both of these things we've talked about today have something in common, and that's uh, it, it's, it's something has developed or some kind of cemetery has been disrupted. That's the common theme so far. Yeah, that's uh, that seems to be the common theme <laughs> through all of this stuff in Tennessee. Uh, there's a home in East Tennessee that we're not going to be talking about, but uh, it was built on a Native American burial site with 60 bodies, and there was a uh, revolutionary uh, war soldiers buried there, too. So that place is really haunted Ooh. as well. Uh, but this place, the the Keeney, uh, is supposed to be fantastic. I believe it's like an hour and a half, maybe two hour experience. So the the during the daytime, it's so beautiful. It really is, and I've heard uh, through the grapevine that this tour in the fall is very fascinating because you're learning all of this history of Middle Tennessee that's not like really published and talked about. That's all, I love haunted tours because of the history that you would not hear otherwise you hear characters in the game of history that are are never talked about otherwise because they have such a unique and specific role within that location's history all right so another one is all the way down in chattanooga tennessee and this is the uh haunted tour at ruby falls for some reason, the website's not populating like I want it to. So <laughs> let me uh, let me click on this again. So Ruby Falls, while while we're uh, trying to refresh this website, Ruby Falls is the largest, I believe, in the world underground. It's either the world or North America. It's North America. I believe. Uh, the largest underground waterfall, uh, natural underground waterfall, uh, in North America, and. Uh, they normally do tours where this uh, there is a man-made shaft that was built to go down into uh, this path of the cave, and that led to the underground waterfall. During the fall season, however, for those who are brave enough, they will do a because normally they have the entire path lit of the cave. It's it's inside of this mountain. Uh, so you're, you're incredibly surrounded by rock. There's not like just an easy entrance in and out. It's, it's an elevator uh, yeah, in yeah. and out. Um, but you can go, if you're brave enough, by, uh, by lantern light, by real lantern light into the cave, and that is it. And they will take you on a haunted tour into Ruby Falls. Yeah, so this uh, lantern light looks really cool. I actually found the website. I put it in the show notes if you want to go to it, Aaron. Perfect. Uh, but uh, th this is actually available all year round, the lantern tour, uh, on Fridays and Saturday nights, which is or Fridays and nights and select Saturday nights. 
Uh, but this, you have to book this two weeks in advance. Uh, but there's some haunting store stories that have come out of Lookout Mountain, especially because of some of the battles that happened down there during the Civil War, and they may have to do with the caves. Uh, the cave was actually discovered in 1928. Uh, so the cave has only been discovered for about a hundred years. Yeah, we did a terrific Tennessee fact not too long ago about Ruby Falls, um, and it's an incredible part of of Tennessee's history. And uh, it, it's just it's very cool that a lot of these there's a, a, a lot of fall activities, uh, and even in the haunted side of things revolving around Tennessee's natural history, Tennessee's natural landscape. It, it's very cool to see. Uh, really the, the false spirit and the haunted spirit embraced in the kind of events world that Tennessee has to offer as well. And uh, hopefully you might check some of these out. Let us know if you do. You can text us at 615-392-1358. Let us know if you have any places that are favorites of yours here in Tennessee or Nashville that are maybe of the haunted tour variety. Uh, we, we talked about a few earlier in some of our earlier episodes, uh, the, the haunted downtown Nashville tours, the Andrew Jackson hermitage tours, which have some real haunting stories as well. But let us know your favorites, Texas, 615-392-1358. And uh, we're not done. We still have more fall haunted tours to talk about on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, one's at a prison, which is pretty awesome. The prison that uh, kind of just got up back and running. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Nashville Daily. You can check us out over on Instagram at xplr.nash as well as our YouTube channel, xplr.nash. For Nashville merch, we have you covered as well. Find that at xplr.life. You can also text us at 615-392-1358. And for more exclusive content, head over to nashvilledailypodcast.com. Nashville Daily is produced right here in the great city of Nashville. So if you like what we're doing, please give this podcast a five-star rating and share it with your friends.